As we gather this weekend, I just want to spend a few minutes kind of reflecting upon Reflecting upon this weekend, and some of you guys who were here all weekend, uh, you, you will remember some of the things that we're going to talk about. I, you know, I, a lot of attention came towards that balloon that was up there this morning. I told, I told Joe when he got up here, I said, I said, Joe, I want you to preach until that balloon comes down. And he tried. He did. Uh, it, 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 did it didn't make it, but uh, I keep waiting for that thing to fall down. I'm up here preaching sometimes. Anyways, that's uh, we came together with an idea for yes weekend, and, and it was to deal with with a very real issue. Our theme was was I don't care. It, it's an attitude that that we see so often in the world today. We see it amongst, well, to be quite honest, we see it amongst our young people in epidemic forms, but we also see it amongst amongst our adults, far too often. And we really wanted to get to the core that we ought to care. That our faith is something that's worth caring about. And, and I guess that, that was where we were working towards this weekend, and ultimately to show that He cares for us. A couple things that stood out in my mind. I, I thought about our lesson on Friday night, you know, those thoughts, and you hear something and it just kind of rattles around in your brain all weekend. When David would talk about the fact that there are these verses, he just called them, he called them spiral verses. These sections in the scripture that just show a, a downward spiral in people's lives. See, people don't come to, the, to a point of apathy overnight. No, they, they tend to work their way into that. Whether you be young or whether you be old, it, it, it's a progression. And, and so many places in the Bible, we, we see that progression. And, and we want to be weary of it, right? We, we, or, or we want to be leery of it. Because I don't want that to happen. I know it can happen. I've seen it to happen. I've seen it to happen. That's good English. I've seen it happen to people who are more godly than myself. So I want to be on guard about those things. One of those classic sections of Scripture is Romans chapter 1, right? Where, where Paul is, I mean, he's going, to, he's going to show this progression, this downward spiral. But at the beginning of that chapter, or actually in the middle, the beginning of this section, at about verse 21, he, he gives the real symptom of what's happening. And he says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. See, and so he paints a group, a picture of people. They, they knew who God was. They had every reason to have faith, but, but for some reason or another, they decided that they were, well, I'm just not going to honor Him. I'm just not going to give thanks to Him. That's that downward spiral. That whenever I stop acknowledging God, I spiral away from Him. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul would, would write, Similar words, those spiral verses, right? And we could pick up in, in verse 17 when he says, this is Ephesians 4 and verse 17, he says, This I say therefore and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they have become calloused 
I think he, was, he quoted from the New King James Version, which says, you have become past the point of feeling where I can hear the Word of God, I can hear the Gospel, but, but I've just become hardened to it. That happens to people. So some of you know what it means to have calluses on your hands, right? And those calluses, they come over time. Sometimes people become calloused in their hearts. And we say, why, why can't I reach this person? Maybe this person I used to know. Maybe this person that, I, that, 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 that I've loved for so long. Maybe this person that, that we used to praise God together. But, but for some reason or another, they just don't seem to care anymore. Well, Paul says that's what happens over time when people become past the point of feeling. That's really the attitude that we were trying to think about this weekend that, we, that is so dangerous and leads to destruction. It's not just a young person problem, is it? Is it? Sometimes we think about our young people and what they need and what they need to hear and what they need to do. I mean, I, I, those are real conversations. We need to have them. We, we have them quite often, but, but I was struck with that as I listened to the things that we were talking about this weekend Everybody needed to be here. Everybody needed, needed to be engaged in that fight to have the fire in their life relit. I, I, you saw it in those that even responded to the message, did you not? I mean, of, of those, I mean, there were several of our young people, right, who, who, responded, who responded to the invitation. Allie and Katie and Gracie, and, and they, came, they came forward and they said, I want to be forgiven. I want, I want to be stronger. I, I, I'm struggling with this with this idea of, of apathy, if I could paraphrase, but they weren't the only ones that came forward, even from here. Ms. Becky came forward. Ms. Carlethia came forward. There was, a, there was a mother who was struggling who came forward this morning. There was a, there was a, a grown man who was struggling with, with his relationship with his parents this morning. I mean, these weren't kids. But they're dealing with the same things. You know, as, as I met with, I got, to, I got to teach one of the college classes or lead one of those discussion groups this weekend, and we were talking about purity, and one of the things I was trying to help them to understand, and, and, and they, they were understanding this quite well, is that the battle for purity and the battle of the mind is not just something that you deal with when you're 21 years old. It's not. It's a battle you're going to fight your entire life if you choose to battle, if you choose fight. So either I'll be defeated by it or I will engage in the battle. It is a lifelong pursuit that we must be engaged in the struggle. There, there becomes no point in which we don't, well, in which, in which we aren't a people of the struggle. I, I know in many ways we are a people of of hope and of joy and of confidence and, and, and of peace. And we, we understand those things, right? But, but there's never a point in which I have arrived. I mean, we never get to that point where we say, yep, I got that figured out. Now, I have figured out some things over the last 40 years that, that, that I didn't know before. I'm imagining that most of you can say the same, right? That's good. That's called growth. That's called maturity. But, but you don't ever get to the point where, where, where you say, hey, you know what? I just don't have any struggles anymore. I, I don't have any worries about sin anymore. 
It is a constant battle to keep the fire lit in our life. It is a constant battle that we must, that we must deal with when it comes to the subject of apathy. And it will present itself in many different ways, in many different shapes, in many different forms. We tried to touch on a few of those this weekend, but you and I both know that there are more ways that we are attacked on that front than we had time to number. But we must engage in the fight. And I think that's what we're asking of each other, isn't it? You, you, you don't ask me to be perfect. Um, if you do, you're going to be disappointed. And, and I don't expect you to be perfect either. Because I know if I do, I'm going to be disappointed, right? But, but I do expect you and you do expect me to be engaged in the battle to be striving, to be willing to repent, to be willing to make changes, to be willing to grow. Whether you're in the... Hayden, you're probably the youngest Christian here, right? Or you're whoever the oldest Christian is, and everything in the middle. I've got to get up every day and say, I know there is a battle. I know that Satan is real. I know that he's trying to get me to say, I don't really care about that stuff anymore. I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too that. He's not going to convince me of that because I'm going to fight him. But if I don't fight him, the fire will go out and I'll begin to just go through the motions. Maybe the best thing that I heard this, this weekend wasn't even from a, wasn't from a preacher. Can you imagine that? Right? It wasn't even from an adult wasn't even from a teenager, but, but it's been something that's just been, it's been in my mind during our lunch sessions, during our lunch sessions, um, of course, we have too many people to feed all at once, so one group stays in here, and, and they go through, and, and they talk about the, the Yes Two campaigns, which, by the way, I hope that some of you were in here for that. You'd be really proud to hear the, about the work that SPIN is doing. I mean, it was, I knew what they were going to say, and it was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome, right? I mean, it, it, was, it was a really, that was a great thing. Uh, Fried Hardman and Faulkner uh, came in and they talked about Christian education and the work that they're trying to do in, pro in providing those environments. It, it, was, it was a great thing. And our young people needed to hear that because those are things that can make major impacts in their life. But, but as we got to the end, and quite honestly, we just had a little bit of time to kill. Not that I ever just try to kill time, right? But, I, but we had a little bit of time to kill. And so we just, you know, let's ask some questions. Let's go around the room. And different people would raise their hands. And, you know, how do you raise money for mission trips? Can you know, well, tell me, tell me what's your GPA got to be to go to, to go to a Faulkner, to go to Fried Harbin? These were just little questions like that, right? And we were just wrapping up. And, and, and I, saw, I saw Paige Doherty's hand go up. What are you, Paige? Fourth grade? Fifth grade? Fifth grade? So almost that tween year, technically not even old enough to like go to class at Yes Weekend. But her hand went up, and we got time here. Ask your question. Now hold on, because when Paige says something, you never know, right? Right? Matter of fact, her mom and dad may be nervous right now. Like, whoa, what'd she say? And she asked this question that would just spin in my, in my head, and she, she was asking about uh, to our Christian universities. And she said, she said, do they... Do they play sports on Sunday night and Wednesday night? 
when she asked this, I mean, it was, it was a pretty simple, simple question, right? I mean, and, and the answer was, you know, that, that, that they work their sports around those things. They, they value the time of worship. They value a traditional time of Bible study. And so they try to, they try to work around those things, right? And because that, that's an important part of that, of that Christian environment. That was the answer to the question. But I'm going to tell you what was going on in my mind that was coming from this, this question from this fifth grader. She's already feeling the pressure. It's already feeling in fifth grade. I mean, you think sixth grade, I mean, that's, you know, the young. In fifth grade, she's already feeling the pressure. The pressure that says this, if I'm going to be a part of what everybody else is a part of, then I'm going to have to compromise my faith. That's, that's why she asked that question. And I wish I could tell her that it gets easier, but it doesn't get easier. The issue of sports certainly will not get easier as she grows older. But the truth is, she'll get out of high school. It won't matter nearly as much. And there will be other issues that you will feel pressure on. Well, the world will tell you, if you want to do this thing that everybody else is doing, if you want, if you want to enjoy this thing that everybody seems to else to enjoy, then that's fine. But you're going to have to compromise your faith. I think she was asking that question to say, I, I don't really know how to handle that. She was not articulating this. I'm reading between the lines. I'm telling you where my mind was going And she asked the question because in many ways, here's what she was saying as she felt that pressure. She was saying, I do care. I do care. I may not know how to win the battle. I may not have all of the answers. I I, I may not do everything, but I'm telling you that I do care and I want to fight and I want to be in the struggle And that's what God asks us to be, to be a people who care. Because I'm telling you that our service and our faith in Jesus Christ, however it may be challenged, is worth caring about. That we serve a risen Savior is something worth caring about. Our purity that He is something worth caring about. Our understanding of the truth that is revealed in God's Word, it's worth caring about. Our, our interaction with other people as He portrays it is something that's worth caring about. It's something that's worth dying for. So what we ask the young people this weekend... We ask the same thing tonight, and and in many ways, I think we ask the same question every time that we open God's Word. Is, do you care? Do I care enough to listen? Do I care enough to be challenged? Do I care enough to change? Do I care enough to humble myself? You've got to care a lot to do all those things. And quite honestly, there are things that people talk about and think that I just don't care. But when it comes to God and His Word, oh, it's the one thing we've got to care about. Because He cares for us and He waits for us. That's what I took away from this weekend. I hope that these young people who were here took that away. But if you found yourself in a position where you've I mean, you've done what you're supposed to do because you know what you're supposed to do, but, but you've lost the passion, the excitement, the zeal, the boldness. It's time to relight the fire. It's one thing for me to say that to a 16-year-old, but I think I can preach it at this 42-year-old. 
I think I can preach it to some of you who are 80 years old. It's time for us to rekindle the fire in our life. Maybe for the very first time to come and be born again. There's some of you in this audience who have never been immersed and had your sins washed away. Maybe by repenting of sin in our life. Maybe our priorities have gotten so out of whack. I love what Gracie said this morning. She said, she said I've, I've been living for life and not for eternity. It's close, something like that, right? Well, how many of us could write that on a piece of paper? But I'm satisfied with that. I'm going to come to the Lord, and I want to live for eternity rather than for life. I care because He cares, and He invites us to come tonight as we stand and as we sing.